0: Welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. Over the next 20 minutes, our goal is to dig deeper into the themes and topics of the most recent Sunday teaching. We'll look to tackle some of the challenging kinds of questions that you may be thinking as you heard the message but didn't get the opportunity to ask the teacher at the time. This podcast works in conjunction with our weekly Beyond the Sermon devotional. If you don't receive those already, you can sign up using the link in our podcast show notes. So, whatever you're doing right now, at the gym, driving, folding laundry, whatever it might be, we invite you to listen in as together we go beyond the sermon.
1: Well, welcome, everyone. My name is Will Heron. I'm the director of discipleship at The Ridge, and I'm also your host for Beyond the Sermon. And with me today, I have again, uh, Ridge lead pastor, Mike Van Rees. Mike, welcome.
2: Yeah, thank you, Will.
1: Yes, good to have you. Uh, So Mike, we're heading into the last few weeks in our Daniel series and uh, I would imagine that the process of like choosing a series isn't just something that, you know, you kind of think about Saturday night and then jump into on Sunday. (laughs) Uh, So could you give us just a little bit of insight into the process? I mean, how do you go about choosing a series, choosing books?
2: Yeah, have you ever heard of the phrase, like, eeny, meeny, miny, mo"? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that how you do it? That's not how I do it. I okay. Think. <laughs> um, but I think one of the, the broad ways that I would look at is, is variety. You know, there's a lot of different kinds of writing in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I try and kind of have a balance with it. You got the Old Testament. New Testament. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to have both, not just New Testament all the time, not right. just Old Testament all the time. So trying to have both of those involved. And then within those, there's different genres, such as narrative, kind of more story-based books of the Bible. The letters, those are a different kind of genre that's involved. Do you have things like the prophetic books like mm-hmm. we're in right now? Right. So trying to kind of have some variety um, from within the series.
1: Right. No, no. And I, yeah, I really see that. It's uh been really fun actually, even thinking of being in the Minor Prophets and and then Daniel as well. Um, one thing that's what I really appreciate of you uh, being in those kind of books, because often people I think maybe steer away from them and feel like it's easier to be in the letters or easier to mm-hmm. be in Sermon on the Mount or, or something like that. So mm-hmm. just really appreciate that. Um, so we were in Daniel 10 uh, this past Sunday, and you know, the previous few weeks we've been talking about um, prayer. Uh, This is is something where Daniel sees a vision. Now, the interesting thing uh, about visions, I mean, they're not uncommon in the Bible. Uh, We think of Isaiah and Isaiah 6 and kind of this vision of the throne room of God. We think of Peter and his vision in Acts 10 where he's thinking about um, foods and, you know, unclean foods and things like that. So it's not uncommon, but I guess my question for you today is, do you feel like God speaks this way still today? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, or was this something that was just kind of for a specific time, specific people, and and that's it?
2: Yeah, I think certainly God God speaks in a lot of different ways, and one of them that's always maybe my initial disclaimer would be this: needs to check with the with the Bible, right? You know, if it's going to be something and you hear something or see something and it doesn't uh, align with what's in the Bible, well that's a pretty good sign it's not from God. Mm-hmm. So that would kind of be, I think, our standard to base things on. Aside from that, yeah, I do think God speaks in in a lot of different ways. An example for me would be, well, this series with, with Daniel. Just mentioned with your earlier question, well, I typically try and have variety within what genres we're looking at going from one series to the next. So it was summer. We went through the Minor Prophets, and as I'm thinking about which what's going to be the next series, I'm thinking, well, probably not a prophetic book from the Old Testament because we just did that. Right. Well, what did we end up in? A prophetic book from the Old Testament. Right. Yeah, yeah. and you know where that came from is it was me, and I think I was just listening and trying to listen, and I think it was the nudging of the Spirit. Mm. Um, I didn't have a visible vision, but I did have this sense that God was— moving me to be able to go there mm-hmm. uh, so I'd call that yeah the Holy Spirit is is very active mm-hmm. uh, for us to be able to pay attention to it I think is one of the great challenges and one of the great opportunities in life
1: yeah yeah I would agree with you I mean it's it's something that I know for some folks is maybe unfamiliar depending on their background or uh, just engagement with the spirit. But as we look at the Bible, I mean, there's a couple of examples that come to mind in terms of Jesus. Um, It says he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness, which is all sorts of interesting and probably another conversation in terms Mm -hmm. of he was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. And then we think of Philip as well, where... the Spirit, Holy Spirit seems to speak to him yeah. and direct him to go and talk to somebody. And I would I would agree with you, Mike. I think that there is a whole um, aspect there of the Christian walk uh, that a lot of times goes undiscovered, you know, yeah. of hearing the voice of the Spirit. And so I know as we're saying this that there's probably going to be some people who are just like, well, how do you even know? I mean, we have lots of voices in our heads and, you know, pictures and whatever else come into your head. So as you say that in terms of a nudge of the Holy Spirit, how would you describe that to somebody who's just like, I don't think I've ever heard the Spirit speak to me?
2: Mm. Yeah, it's a hard question to answer. Okay. And I, I think it's one that is developed through time. Mm. It's kind of like, you know, the more time you spend with a person, the more you kind of get to know that person, right. and you can recognize, oh yeah, that's something so-and-so would say. Right. Or no, that doesn't sound like it would be them. So I mm. think that there's just the exposure. And for me, it's all-embracing, you spend a lot of time in the Bible, you get a pretty good feel for the voice of the Lord. Yes, um, that's good. And then I think the more listening to the Holy Spirit and listening for promptings, uh, the more attuned to it you get. I think there are times you can miss it, but you learn from that. Yeah. You say, oh, you know, that probably wasn't the Spirit's leading. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times, that's okay. You still maybe go there and take a risk, and God can still work through that. But learning Mm -hmm. to tune in to the voice of the Holy Spirit, I think, is one that is a discipline that takes place over time. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I would add, Will, that I think a certain humility would come along with that to say, I think. You know, I think maybe this is something the Lord is saying to me or is is leading to me. But for the most part, I think that it's one of those where— we recognize that there is some subjectivity in this. Yes. So I think this is how the Lord is leading me. Um, mm-hmm. And there'd be confirmation, maybe from from someone else or whoever you're having that conversation with, Yeah. that would also be uh, kind of a sign that God's in it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really good, really helpful, practical advice. Uh, another thing you alluded to in your message was uh, skepticism over the person of Satan. Uh, now I know when I say this that there may be some listeners who are immediately thinking of a red guy with horns and a mm. and a sit with a pitchfork, yes. uh, which I think we both agree is probably not a biblical image of Satan. <laughs> don't think that's
2: what he looks like. <laughs> I don't
1: know where that yeah. where that came from. Um, but what convinces you, Mike, that Satan is a real person and and is it really at work in the world today?
2: Yeah, it, this isn't going to shock you, Will, mm-hmm. or anybody listening. I believe the Bible is credible. Right. And so that, <laughs> what that's the first one is everything I've seen in the Bible there's credibility behind it and there's a science behind that I know that some of the stuff you talk about in the big questions class right archaeology dead sea scrolls there's a lot mm. of things that would help us to to see the credibility of the Bible. So that would yeah. be one. But, you know beyond that I do think that there's just a reality of common sense.
1: Mm.
2: You look at the world around us there's evil It's hard not to see that. Uh, It does seem like there is a force working for evil Mm -hmm. in our world. And so I do think that that's something that if we just look around and see what's happening in our world, it's never gone away. As much as we've tried to be able to bring good in, it keeps coming back. So for me, there is a common sense that there is something at work in this world for evil.
1: Yeah, I kind of see it in a way that... um you know, if you imagine that we, it was just us here, I mean, I think a lot of people would say there's something broken, you know, in the world. And uh, if it was just us, I think the world would still be a, a bit of a mess in some ways. But it almost feels like there is that that force, that power that fans the flame almost, you know, that gets mm-hmm. behind that movement of brokenness that moves us away from God. Um, and, uh, yeah, I would agree. I would believe that to be the force of Satan and evil in the world. So, Yeah.
2: Um, and you know, another thing that I think is not common for me, I have friends uh, in, a good friend of mine in Africa, he's actually been involved in exorcisms on a very regular basis. It mm. just, it's part of their kind of regular ongoing ministry. Right. I haven't had that many experiences with it, but I have had a couple. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, things where it was just face-to-face, in the midst of a situation with another person, In prayer, moving toward prayer, and exorcism was a part of where that ended up going. So I've experienced that a couple times in life, and I would say, on one hand, really scary. Yeah. Um, Sure. Don't look, I I really don't want to dive into that kind of a thing because it it is frightening to me. The other thing, it's also very awe inspiring. Mm. It's both. Yeah. It is pretty awe inspiring to be able to experience uh, that tangibly. The, the spiritual forces behind this world yeah, working.
1: Yeah, and then the victory in that as well. I always feel that's another thing. And I mean, Mike, I know even as, as we mentioned that, then some people are, you know, familiar. They're just like, well, it feels a little, bit, a little bit weird to me. But as we were discussing beforehand, I mean, you look at Jesus' ministry, and it feels like 70 75% of it is <laughs> casting out demons. And you know what I mean? It was a real—so— yeah. um, Yeah, perhaps in the West, it's something we just need to be more aware of uh, because I I can speak even from my generation. It felt like suddenly, um, you know, the mention of Satan and demons and forces at work, it was all a bit kind of mythical or something, you know, it was almost embarrassing to kind of mention it. Uh, It was more kind of cool just to talk about Jesus and his teachings and following after him. And so, uh, but we can't ignore it in the Bible, you know. So that's a, it's a, yeah, it's a big part of it. Let me take us in a slightly different direction here. Uh, you mentioned about the danger of domesticating Jesus, which I think is a great phrase. Could you expand on that uh, just for a moment? What does that mean exactly? Why is it so dangerous in regards to our relationship with God?
2: It comes out of probably my favorite image in Daniel chapter 10 is this image. It gives us this glorious image of Jesus, blazing eyes, you know, he's, he's got the legs of bronze. Uh, An image of power, an image of holiness, and right in the same right in the same context, you have the image where he puts a hand on the shoulder. Mm -hmm. You got two images of Jesus here: this personal, loving, caring side of him, and then you got this holy, powerful, mighty side side of him. And it's important to have both of those uh, within our understanding of Jesus. And so, I, I guess with the domesticating, I would say that there have been, maybe in generations past, maybe an overemphasis on the holiness of God. Mm-hmm. You know, he's way up there, untouchable, and we we need to kind of grovel in his sight. And there have been times and seasons in the life of history when there's maybe been an overemphasis of that one. Mm-hmm. I think maybe now the danger would be on the other side of things yeah. where there's not as much of the awe and the reverence and the respect. And we kind of have, it's easy to fall into, God's my co-pilot. Mm. You know, here he is. There's my buddy right next to me. Right. Um, right. We're, we're good friends. There is a very personal aspect to, to the faith, but we also remember he's my, my friend. He's, he's mm. with me day in and day out, but also remember who he is. Yes. It's the awesome God. Yes. Who is right there with me. So both images I think are really important to have a wholeistic understanding of, of really the fullness of God.
1: Yeah. I, I think I would agree with that, uh, Mike, in terms of perhaps some of the loss of uh reverence before God and we lose out on so much in our relationship with him, I think, when we uh we we're missing that, uh, you know, remembering who he is and his might and his power. Um you know, the everlasting God, Alpha and Omega, the one who speaks things into being, the one who holds all things together. <clears throat> I've really enjoyed, I uh, mean, we loved our time in Virginia, but one of the things that we kind of missed was seeing a large expanse of the sky. Uh, there's so many trees there, which was great, but so many buildings as well. And so you generally just got like a tiny bit of the sky. And um Honestly, we just didn't see too many sunsets there either. But in moving here and, you know, where we are in Ankeny, man, we have such a large expanse of the sky. And so often I've I've stepped out into our balcony and just taken that in again, just to remember again who God is. Because the danger is, I think, we just get caught up in our lives and the details of our lives. And I think maybe that's contributed some to that kind of companionship and the sense of that, which is all good, you know. Because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, you know, uh, we can know God that close. But yet, also, there's something so liberating, so wonderful about just kind of drinking in again who God is and His Majesty, you know. And uh, yeah. yeah, so I, I find that really helpful in my devotional life.
2: It reminds me of the the image with having uh, more, really, more than one facet to to the person of of God. Kind of like the image he gives us is to think of him as his fa- as a father. Mm. You know, when I'm a little guy, I knew what my dad did. I knew where he worked. He was my dad. Mm. I didn't really understand what he did. I didn't understand what he did at the office. I just knew he went. Right. As I got older, I started understanding a little bit more about the responsibility he had. And more things along those lines, and I think they're both really important to understand. It's my dad. He hangs out with me. I get to enjoy him really and have good. that personal relationship. But there's more to him than that. Mm. Uh, there, there are things that are, are greater than maybe my comprehension and understanding. But yet, as he as he tells us to be, think of him and call him the Heavenly Father, both of those images that we see in Daniel 10, I think, are captured in that understanding of Father. Loves me, close to me, walks with me. But he's big,
1: mm yeah, that's yeah, that's really cool. I um Mike, I want to close just with the last few verses in um, uh, Daniel 10. you know I've, I'm just thinking perhaps we have some people listening today here are facing some uh, very difficult things, uh, maybe a sickness of a child, loss of a loved one, financial challenges, uncertainty in employment. and uh, there's just a couple of verses here that I think really speak. Into those scenarios. I'm starting in verse 18. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Verse 19, do not be afraid, you who are highly esteemed. He said, peace, be strong now, be strong. And uh, I think that's a great place, probably, for our conversation to land, just in that uh, message of hope. Uh, Again, that we see the majesty of God in this chapter, but. We see the intimacy there and the closeness as the one who comes alongside. So, Mike, thank you again for your time and for the effort that you put into the message. We're looking forward to the last couple of chapters and then jumping into something new. So that's going to be good. Um, and thank you for listening today. just want to highlight again an upcoming learning opportunity on Monday, February 7th from 7 p.m. We're going to do a live podcast on our church online site with our Ridge Youth Financial Teacher, uh, Travis Shelton. We're going to be discussing God's desire for work. You know, is work just a means to an end or does God have greater intention for our work? So we'd love to see you there. Just head to our Ridge University page on our website for more info on it and other learning opportunities. So thanks again for joining. We Hope you'll join us next time on Beyond the Sermon.
0: I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week. I want to mention one last thing before we go. Our heart at the Ridge is to help people grow in their relationship with God. There are so many ways to get connected into what can be life-changing environments for you and your family. The best way to keep in touch with all that is happening is through our website, ridgelife.org, but also through our weekly e-news. You can sign up to receive this directly to your inbox using the link in our podcast show notes. Finally, thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please feel free to share with friends or family. We hope to catch you next time on Beyond the Sermon.